Believing in God has never benefited me and still wouldn't. I didn't need Jesus to die for my sins or for me. He didn't need to do that. Welcome to Holy Spirit Soapbox. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm starting the episode off a little differently. This time with very common quotes from non-believers, at least common for me. I see and hear these these quotes often, and it, it scares me a little bit. It makes me worried that we believers, we Christians, we Christ followers, may not be educating non-believers well. Maybe we're not relying on the Holy Spirit enough to speak through us. I don't know. But these are some quotes that I hear very often. And I totally understand that everybody has a journey with God. I totally understand that. They may or may not believe now. They may believe later. They may never believe. But everybody has their own journey and their own relationship with God. And I do understand that. Maybe they don't have the eyes to see right now or the ears to hear. However, when these things pop up, it'd be very beneficial for people to understand why everybody needs God. So, today's episode is called, I Don't Need God. Oh, I, I, I like don't even feel good when I say that <laughs> because I do need God and I know that. Um, but speaking of that, not feeling good, most often than not, we see those who need special attention as those who are sick, weak, or poor, right? We see that all the time. They're the ones who obviously need us for uh, need us to care for them as humans, as they sometimes are unable to care for themselves. Um, but how does that mindset of only certain people needing assistance affect our sense of who really needs help inwardly versus outwardly? In Romans 3.23, I refer to this a lot, this verse, a lot. Romans 3.23, Paul specifically addresses all people. Not only the ones that are sick, weak, or poor. He says that we all, bold, fall short of the glory of God. But what does this mean? I'm not sick or weak. I have a house, food, a steady job and income that provides money. I have a wife. I have a child or children and and even a dog. How in the world does this relate to me? You know, so many of us believe that outward appearance is The truth. In sales, perfect example. I've worked in sales for a long time. It's often said that perception is reality, where we're able to gauge the state of another person just by the things they do, say, and appear to us. But many biblical and non-biblical quotes tell us the exact opposite, right? Such as, don't judge a book by its cover, or do not judge a man by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Right? But we continue to do this and measure who is sick, weak, or poor. Why this is dangerous is because sin comes as a thief. It simmers within you, right? Unthreatening. And then it starts to boil until you're consumed, totally consumed and enslaved by this said sin. And oftentimes, the sin hasn't consumed us enough to affect us until it's too late. A slight porn addiction turns into full-blown adultery, right? A small bout of betting turns into full-blown greed and a gambling addiction. Once it gets to that level, we now see an outward issue 
exposing the reality of your sickness. It said the first step to changing a lifestyle is recognizing the potential and current faults within you. Step number one, that is identifying what orients you away from God, which leads to what I called above as a full-blown outward sin. Recognizing again, step one, deciding to now change is step two, and that is called repentance. We have to acknowledge that first, although we may not feel like we're sick on the inside, we actually are. And how we can tell that is by looking back into the Bible. Commandments were not put into place as just rules for fun, right? God's not like, yeah, I want to prevent them from doing anything. No, they were put in place to recognize what sin really is and that those specific things are a sign of sickness or orienting ourselves away from God. So in a previous episode called Ice Cream for Breakfast, if you haven't heard it, I highly suggest it, right? We learn that God knows what's best for us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. So knowing that these are bad for us and just the internal feeling of want for doing these sins is proof that we actually do fall short. Meaning we need someone to save us from that because the wages for sin is death. So when we turn the inward slavery of sin to internal slavery of Christ, now we no longer run the risk of becoming an outward slave to that sin. We will sin. However, we won't be a slave to it. We then live out the very next verse of Romans 3.24. And it says, And all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. We all, all indeed need God, whether we believe it or not, whether we feel sick or not, whether we feel it or not. The simple fact being that if we're not a slave or servant of God, we are then a slave or servant of another God, a lowercase g God. And I hate to burst your bubble, but that lowercase g God can't save you. It didn't conquer death. It didn't get resurrected. It doesn't put you in heaven. That lowercase g God doesn't actually save you. But that uppercase g one true God does. And he loves you. And he wants you to be saved. And even though we might not have this outward or even inward slavery of a certain vice or sin, we all do sin in some way, whether we know it or not. And most importantly... We're all in dire need of a Savior so that we and our loved ones can also conquer death. There is no greater way to say I love you than to help somebody understand who Jesus is and how to be saved from sin and death. So here are your verses to meditate on. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 Romans chapter 6 verses 1 through 23, John chapter 8, verse 36, and Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. So let's move on to questions. Question number one, have you ever felt you didn't need God at any point in your life? And how did you feel during that time? Question two, knowing you can only serve one God, are there any other 
gods or idols getting in your way from serving the one true God. And finally, question number three, reflect on outward versus inward appearance. How does your outward appearance look to others? Does your inward appearance show outwardly? If it did, how would you feel about it? That's deep, right? If somebody knew all of that gross stuff on the inside, right? Not physically, but, you know, metaphorically, how would you feel about them seeing that? So thank you so much, as always, for listening in and joining us today. Feel free to subscribe to our website, HolySpiritSoapbox.com, to be alerted about new content and, of course, to listen to previously released episodes. Please also follow and like us and like our content <laughs> on social media as well as your favorite podcast listening platforms. And with that, I would love to pray and close us out. So let's talk to God. Our Father, thank you for being available to us whenever we need you. We know we're dependent on you. We know we really actually do need you. Because without you, we'd be hopeless and destined for losing eternal life. Help us look inside of ourselves to see where we do fall short so that we can recognize, then repent, and then go out and tell the world about how great you are. We pray and ask for all of these things in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen. 